0: Last time, on am
1: base
2: Hulk. Dora, him or us?
0: I love you guys, but I can't put up a new barrier without him.
2: She shoots you twice. I want you
1: to draw something here on my wrist. And I kind of like the idea of, of, of young Valtari trying to draw a dandelion. Aww. Something that's typically seen as not desirable, but that might still be beautiful.
2: <laughs> we have to start killing your enemies because they are going to make it difficult to send the signal.
0: I don't know why I thought I could love things.
3: I don't want anyone else to get involved in this. It was already my fault that Claudia is in the position she's in, so I can't have anyone else suffering from my mistake.
4: He moves to gather both the bodies of Esard and Tane and pick them up from the ground, carrying them from the chapel with him. I
1: am ready to get out of this goddamn bubble. shoot
2: wasn't even fucking here. Come on, let's go. Roland and Veltari step
4: through the Aurora of Ilium. Yeah, but first he has to re-summon his horse, so...
2: No, I'm riding the Manticle. <laughs> Zoe is at the top of this tree. She has Claudia in one arm. You're surrounded by skeletons and Azriel. She's at the very top. She's about to escape, but she's momentarily stunned. What's happening?
0: I didn't want it to come to this. You should have just listened to me. I would like to cast Eldritch Blast.
2: All right, Zoe and... Claudia, tumble off the tree and into the crowd of skeletons, where they are captured.
1: All right, it's hero time! Wolf, wolf, it's your time to shine!
4: Well, you know, it was a good season, and now that we've clearly reached the end of it, uh, it's time for us to move on to bigger and better things, right?
2: Yep, Theodora won, Zoe is dead, and everyone else escaped. It's over.
4: Oh, I won? <laughs> Finally. Roll
0: credits.
2: <laughs> it's like a Coen Brothers film, where you don't see the end coming, and it just happens abruptly, but then in retrospect, you're like, no, that that makes sense for what they were kind of exploring.
4: You know, it, it's just satisfying to have a conclusion that doesn't have any cliffhangers, you know, nothing that we have to resolve. No one brains potentially being eaten
1: this is the the reason that half an hour before this episode I hadn't bothered to update my character (laughs) sheet in any way because why would I need to we've reached our conclusion
2: can we just acknowledge how awesome the end of the last episode was like choreography wise with Zoe teleporting through a window blasting Theodora out and then running climbing a tree and getting shot in the back and falling into a crowd of
4: skeletons that was like some John Wick shit
0: and extra spooky for October.
4: So, 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 is the spookier version like John Wickerman or something like that, or what? That's a pretty good joke. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoyed it. So let's
2: start there. Um, the oh. Last- <laughs> oh, that was a noise you made. <laughs> so as Wolf rides his purple worm into Hawthorne House, smashing through your front door, taking out a wall, all the skeletons start running downstairs to confront them: Robin, Wolf, and the Worm. Azrael and Theodora, you are still upstairs with Zoe's unconscious body and Claudia Rock's unconscious body. Uh, Azrael leans down and picks up the brooch of Gonador that had been magnetically uh, drawn to Zoe. Like picks it up off her body and hands it back to you, and says, "All right, it's time for you to step up. What are we going to do?"
0: I think. I was going to let you eat some brains, but I think we're going to need to take a pause on the brain-eating. Because there's now a worm in my house.
4: <laughs> there is a worm in your house. <laughs> if this was a John Woo film, Wolf would have rode in and all these doves would just start flying in through the wall, the hole in the wall he just made.
2: I can do you one better. As the skeletons go down into the foyer and the fight breaks out, the Purple Worm makes two attacks.
0: Ugh!
2: 16 and 25, as it, when we roll the damage on that.
4: Are we going to see? Oh, this is going to be good.
0: My skeletons.
2: 23 and 24, it bites two skeletons and they die. (laughs) It crushes them into a fine powder. The purple worm, uh, for those who aren't familiar with this D&D creature, is about the size of like two city buses.
4: Yeah, a a common way in which people die to the purple worm simply comes from Walking into it without realizing you're inside of it or <laughs> by just tunneling through and eating you as it's tunneling through you. So but right now it just smashes two skeletons to
2: dust at first opening volley. And that fight is going on downstairs as Wolf yells things like, oh, yeah, save the day, big hero. All right. uh, So
0: I'm going to tell Azrael, I think I'm going to try to hostage situation this shit.
2: Do we require all the swearing? Why with the with the profanity all the time?
0: Oh, I didn't realize you were so sensitive to it. <laughs> I've <I'm> just
2: <laughs> I just got out of prison, man. It's just I've been in there for
4: too long. <laughs> uh,
0: can you like lift Claudia with your telekinesis and help me show her off to so the know she's like alive and shit?
2: Of course, he telekinetically lifts up both. Claudia and Zoe's unconscious bodies, and he's gonna bring your hostages with you.
0: All right, so I'm gonna go, I'm gonna stay like out of range. (laughs) Okay, I mean, you can fly, that's true. I'll just fly, but staying out of range still because you know, caution. Mm -hmm. And I'm gonna yell, Hey, I have hostages, stop that shit.
2: Hey, knock it off. Um uh, Wolf takes a break from smooshing up all your skeletons. He is riding the worm up near the head <laughs> portion of it.
0: Riding the worm.
2: Jesus. Uh Robin is also on the worm. Uh he is still in elf form. And he says, All right, everybody be cool. We don't need to get anybody else hurt. What what's going on? What do you want?
0: I just want y'all to leave me alone and let me do my shit.
2: Roll persuasion. Or intimidation, because you're doing a hostage situation, probably intimidation, huh? Twenty two. That's very high. Robin says, Okay, man, just give Claudia and Zoe back and we'll leave.
0: Uh, and na-na-na-na-na-na-na. then
2: I don't like that noise at all. Don't do that.
0: Don't murder my skeletons.
2: Also the skeletons I'm just I'm gonna roll for it, but the skeletons are autonomous so they're still attacking the purple worm but they are not doing well yeah let me roll real quick i want them to roll like seven crits uh 10 20 and four only the 20 hits
0: oh good for that skeleton (laughs) he did so good i'm so proud of him
4: unfortunately his sword is made out of cardboard since it was part of a stage play That the skeletons were having earlier on.
0: Is that why he only did two damage?
4: (laughs) He does
2: two damage. um, Also, because the purple worm and wolf share an HP pool and trolls gain 10 HP every turn.
0: (laughs) Jesus Christ.
2: (laughs) That does two damage and that lasts for six seconds, at which point he regenerates. Also, there's the, um, I think, what is it? Situational irony that wolf and Robin don't know. Theodora is out of spell slots and pretty badly damaged. so you're you're arguing from a position of strength with hostages. Yeah, but they don't know in character they could probably take you right now. So
0: oh, oh, for sure. Okay., um, I'm gonna say, here's the deal. I will give you Claudia if you leave now and don't come back, but I will hold Zoe as an insurance policy because I don't trust that you won't come back. And you can try to sneak in and get her, but I can sense your heartbeats and I will know that you are coming.
2: I mean, Zoe kind of wanted this to be like a foolhardy suicide mission. She didn't bring back up on purpose. It's like she has this hero complex. So if she was conscious, she would probably be down with this plan. (laughs) So I don't (laughs) like I do feel bad about leaving her behind. But also, I think it's what she would have wanted, frankly. (laughs) And Wolf says,
0: "Ah, that doesn't sound like something a hero would do. I think it's something a hero would do because otherwise you're leaving them with me.
2: Robin says, yeah, I mean, I I get it. And Zoe was basically throwing herself in here to save Claudia at risk of her own life. So she knew what she was getting into. But if you do know if you hurt her, we'll come back and we'll flatten your entire house, right? You know that?
0: No, I have, I don't intend, that's not what I want, but I have to do what I have to do. And if this is what it's come to, then this is what it's come to. I will hold her here as a hostage. She will be fed and watered, because apparently she's a plant.
2: (laughs) 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 Gotta fertilize your Zoe.
0: (laughs) But this is the situation right now. You can take Claudia and go, or you get nothing.
2: So I want to roll, but here's the thing, is that rolls are for determining outcomes with uncertain probability and there is no reasonable read of the situation where robin turns this deal down so robin agrees wolf isn't thrilled about it but he also he he knows the secret of justice is that people make it up as they go along as we've established (laughs) so he's unhappy about it but he will back robin's play so how do you are you going to tell azriel to just float claudia's body over to them yes all right Azrael telekinetically lifts Claudia's unconscious body over to Robin on the worm and he uh, carries her like La Pieta and the worm like looks around. It's too big (laughs) to do a full turnaround inside your building. So it kind of like wiggles backwards out awkwardly. (laughs) It's, 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 It's booty can't quite do the thing it needs to to get out.
0: My house wasn't ready for this jelly.
2: It was not, and I was kind of hoping you would fight because that house would not survive that fight, and that would be funny.
0: I love my house.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's good, and you also only lost two skeletons. That would you would have been your entire army could have been decim- decimated on a single choice, Theodora.
0: Do I know how to make new skeletons yet?
2: Um, I think you could probably raise a, a skeleton if you find a, a recently deceased body. Okay. A single one at a time. Um, But right now I've moved Robin and Claudia Rock over to the other side of our roll 20 reckoning of this war. Yeah. Why?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Damn you, Chris. Being nice to characters.
2: Yeah. So it is 10 to 6 now for Team Pro Tower.
3: I feel like it should be like 9 to 6 at this point. There really is one character on that side who's just not going to be there. Uh, Zoe? Yeah, I mean, she's...
2: <laughs> <laughs> Zoe is still pro-tower. She's just super unconscious. Yeah. She's
3: just a mess of uh, of bones and stuff
2: right now. And pain. She nearly got her brain ripped out, and then she fell an entire story after getting shot in the back, and then probably broke something on the way down. So for listeners, Chris... I'm not penalizing Chris. This isn't malicious or anything. He, has, he understood that he did something with a really serious risk, and that he rolled and lost. Mm. So chris will still get to play with us but zoe is going to be out for a bit because it would break fiction for us not to play this out you know
3: i want to cast wild magic like four times (laughs) Got to do like haste four times though (laughs) like real quick
2: so uh wolf robin and the worm retreat with claudia rock's body theodora you're left with two less skeletons a hole in the front of your house and the unconscious body of zoe Legrand. what do you do
0: well, I think it's time to take a little rest. A short rest sounds like a good plan. Um, I'm also going to command the skeletons to like start boarding at my house.
2: Okay, so you'll have to do that one at a time, but you can start repairs. You can start resting, to get your spell slots and your health back. In the meantime, uh, Azrael will... Fix his sitch. Confine Zoe, because... Arresting a magic user in the D and D world is kind of complicated because they can't have their hands free. They can't have the ability to speak. You have to like gag them and shackle them. But she can eat through metal, so it's like a whole. It's a pretty difficult thing keeping. It's like almost like a Hannibal Lecter. (laughs) Like they have to go (laughs) to pretty intense lengths to keep Zoe safe. But I think part of that is that. The stalker is going to be around there, and and is going to be like hovering over Zoe basically. And if it looks like she's trying any, if she tries any funny business, the stalker is just going to asphyxiate her on the spot. So that is something that is communicated to Zoe in the, in the few moments of lucidity she has. Uh, do you want to add anything in those moments as uh, you're being like bound and gagged, Zoe? You briefly just get flashes of consciousness.
3: If there is a moment of consciousness
2: where I could still speak. Yeah, just a just a second before they stuck a stick a sock in your mouth. <laughs> uh, I'm very, very going to quickly say uh, pineapple. Of course, you are. <laughs> I,
3: I mean, yes. Yeah. Every situation, we're saying pineapple would be the least advantageous thing to you as a DM. We're going to do it.
2: I love it. Very good. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> and so you get the response. Hey, it's your boy Winnie. Good news, I hope. Um, not exactly.
3: So, um, Winnie, I I think I may have messed things up a bit, and I don't know if I'm going to be coming back anytime soon. Uh, I'm sorry about that, because I know you're going to be all alone then for a little bit. But maybe you could go spend some time with Claire, because I think she's really going to need you right now. Everything's going to be all right, though
0: dare you (laughs) are you okay zoe oh so sad
3: uh yeah i it's a complicated scenario also can you hang up from your end because i don't think i could say pineapple again
2: (laughs) no they stuck a sock in your mouth and you're losing consciousness
3: (laughs) all right it sounds like i'm gonna drop the call on my end anyway goodbye
2: i love you zoe
3: I have you too, jellyfish.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> that's like a racial slur for yeah. a fluff, I would figure.
2: I hope that's not the last thing you ever say to Winifred. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Zoe, you are out of the game for the time being. Meanwhile, Roland Hawklight and Veltari, no last name, are riding through a forest. They have left the field just outside of Ilium, and they're on their way to get onto the Hyacinth Highway, the roadway that will take them to the Kingdom of Agarthen, where they need to go, uh, before anything particular happens to them. You guys have reached level 10, so why don't you walk me through what that has uh, enabled you to do with your cool new characters and spells and whatnot.
4: Roland gets one benefit for being a level 10 character, and it's a pretty big one, And that is his aura gets a new feature. So currently his aura uh, provides uh, provides protection in the sense that it gives his intelligence modifier to saving throws for him and everyone in the aura. And it was also providing the devotion benefit, which prevents anyone within the aura from being charmed. And now... He's reached level ten, where he gains the aura of courage, which means everyone inside of that aura of ten feet is immune to fear. Which also means now that uh, Veltari can cast a certain spell without any any worry about accidentally causing, you know, terrible flashbacks and anxiety in her allies, <laughs> as long as they're adjacent to Roland.
1: Uh, that 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 seems beneficial. <laughs>
4: Marginally, yes. Friends with magical benefits. That's terrible. That's
2: terrible, Austin. Thank you. (laughs) Valtari, how are you at level 10?
1: I'm good. I get a bunch of stuff at level 10 that I definitely am not still trying to sort out the character sheet on because I get so many things. So the big things for me, I get expertise where just like across the board, my bonuses for things I'm proficient in just go up, which is nice. I get a nice big boost to a lot of things. Uh, I get an ability called Magical Secrets, where I can learn any two spells, regardless of class. So the two I have picked are the level five spell Commune, which allows me to speak with a deity of some kind and ask, I think it's up to three questions that I get a yes or no answer from the DM. And Banishment, which is a level four spell that... If the target fails to save, I can just banish them to another plane, which is quite nice. Uh, I also learned a new cantrip, so I learned prestidigitation. That spell that I'm never very good at getting the words out for. (laughs) And
4: that means you have a plus 8 now in acrobatics despite zero dexterity so <laughs> hey. that
1: that is an impressive agree uh, degree of acrobatics for someone with no dexterity it works yeah so there we go i think i finally got it all together
4: i guess the most notable thing for me it's like your passive perception is so insanely high compared to most other people it's hilarious since it's now 22 which <laughs> <Help>. <laughs>
2: Yeah, which is why as you guys are uh, traipsing through this forest, Veltari is uh, immediately aware of the situation ahead of you, which is that uh, just outside the tree line, you can see the path that leads to the highway, and Veltari, you can see that it is blockaded by an overturned carriage and that there are several figures moving around it right now. Um, But since you have a 22 passive perception, uh, you see that that way before they see you. And you have plenty of time to formulate a plan and react.
1: Sorry, this has only just hit me that I have twenty-two in passive perception now. That's kind of ridiculous.
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Bards are super good.
4: I I very much like my bard. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, after Veltari sort of like probably raises her hand to in the ka. Hey, hold up here.
1: I'll I'll give you a fair heads up. Just like
4: shh, shh,
2: shh yeah.
1: Yeah, Roland's
4: going to move in closer to Valtari. It's like, "Hmm. so what does it look like we have here?
2: Uh, Valtari, as you look out over the tree line, just uh, a little bit more detail. So there's an overturned carriage on the road to the highway that you need to take to get onto it. And there are what appear to be four figures kind of milling around, poking through, uh, like taking stuff out. Their their horses are nearby, four horses for the
4: four figures. They're wearing white armor. If you want to, I can take lead and maybe... It's nothing too too off either way.
1: You're probably the better one here at uh, starting this, I think. I suspect that you're less likely to accidentally instigate something unintentionally.
4: (sighs) Uh, Well, we'll see what happens here. And Roland moves on ahead of Valtari a bit to get closer to the wagon. He's not being stealthy about this for two reasons. One. Less likely for them to sort of think he's trying to sneak up on them and two. He's not gonna sneak up on him. He, <laughs> he's wearing he's wearing splint armor. He's 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 on a horse. There's plenty of noise being made, so they're gonna be able to tell he's on his way in.
1: I thought you meant more like, you know, he's rolling sneaking, that's that's a nasty thing to do. It's against <laughs> the rules, Grumble.
4: <laughs> it's
2: unadvisable both statistically and morally. <laughs> um, so Roland, you're going to go ahead. Vitari, are you going to stay hidden in the tree line or are you just going to hang back but still visible?
1: I'm going to stay hidden as best I can for the second and just sort of watch this unfold from a safe distance.
2: All right. So as Roland approaches the wagon, uh, one of the figures turns and sees him coming because he's made himself obvious. And that person says to you, right, you can't see what any of these people look like under their armor. They're fully covered. Our audience would recognize them as uh, order of the merciful sword paladins under Danto. They have this kind of plague doctor meets paladin intimidating creepiness to them, but they they're fully covered so that the sun can't mm-hmm. touch them because they are vampires. Although Roland doesn't quite know that he has definitely received things that would going to put those puzzle pieces together soon, but he's never seen one of them.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, but if one of them turns and says, halt, who is it? Just a traveler seeking to pass by without incident. <laughs> that
2: can be arranged. Hey, uh, throw me the canteen, one of the paladins says to another. And uh, one of the paladins who is wrist deep inside the carriage, taking things out of it, takes a, a canteen off their belt and throws it to the first one, who then turns and throws it at your horse's feet and says, <laughs> that's the toll. Fill her up and you can go on. And We don't have any incidents fill it up with what?
4: blood, stupid. Roland's going to tap into divine sense. Mhm. And I'm going to believe that these are the these are four undead creatures in front of him, correct? Uh correct. Roland's like, "Right." Unfortunately, that qualifies as an incident by my <laughs> book, and I'm probably going to have to either write up a citation on you all or simply take matters into my own hands about what's going on here unless you want to just leave you know you can leave right now and nothing further has to happen this is your only warning here and roland sort of like does a motion with his hand possibly to indicate to valtari hey i'm gonna need some help here
2: uh the paladin who's speaking with you says you got an attitude, huh? We had one of those already today and uh didn't work out too well for them. He gestures to the overturned cart.
1: As this is going on, I want to very confidently stride out with my manticore towards these uh <laughs> soldiers and uh-huh. I'm I I want to play this up as um I recognize these as order of the merciful so- sword people and yeah, my, I want to play this up as hey, I work for Danto you better back off and move on.
2: All right, so are you using your manticore as an intimidation technique? Because you get advantage on that. Indeed, I'm I'm good to go with that. All right, so you stroll out of the trees riding a spiky lion.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Six on the first roll, thank goodness that I get advantage. 23. <laughs> so you oh, so went
4: from a crit fail to a 23. <laughs> Nice. That watch would have been really fun. So with the, 20,
2: <laughs> well, with the twenty-three, uh, the guy who was trying to uh, big talk, Roland takes a step back, and the other three look up and they see you striding out riding a ghost, <laughs> and they say, "Whoa, damn, what the hell?" I just come out
1: like, you realize who I work for, right? Do you want to back off of
2: him? They look at each other, and one of them says, "How do we? How do we know you work for Danto?" I mean. Listen, I went to divinity school. I know an illusion when I see one.
1: Look at me. Do I look like someone who would work for anyone but Danto? <laughs> hmm. Like, you can take a risk, but he's not going to be happy when I go back and tell him that you ignored me, is he?
2: Uh, they look at each other and the, the one of them says, Eh, it's fine. I'm, I'm already full. And everyone says, yeah, we've done enough for one day. They uh go to get on their horses and ride off. Are you guys gonna let them go? I'm gonna I'm gonna try and intimidate them into not leaving yet. Mm.
1: Let's see if I can keep this roll of intimidation going. I'm just gonna be like, not so fast, you two, back here. Oh, not two. How many is there? There's four.
4: <laughs> four.
2: So you're gonna roll to make them stay here to answer to you?
1: Uh, let's stick with intimidation for the for the second. Then I'm gonna try and intimidate them into staying for the moment. Mm-hmm.
2: So I'm just sort of
1: you four back here, thirteen.
2: <laughs> <sighs> two of them look like they're about to just ride off, and but two of them also kind of look sheepishly because it looks like maybe you might be able to chase them down in your Manticore. And one of them speaks up and says, "What do you want? We're leaving." And the other one goes and picks up the canteen that they threw at Roland. I've been on a mission for Danto
1: for a while, and uh, I've been a little out of the loop. Stuck a little bit out of the way for a little while. Um, can you just give me a quick rundown of what's been going on since I've been gone?
2: What's been going on? I mean, we're we're living the high life. We're living it up. This is our country now. From Akamoros to Agarthen, probably farther north and south along this highway.
1: Right. Uh, and is Danto still, you know, find him in the good old same place?
2: Yeah, he's at his house in Akamoros, the big, the big manor, the Lord's house.
1: Fantastic. Okay. Well, I'm I'm gonna go see him shortly. I'm gonna update him on the whole shoot situation. Uh, they don't know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. There, there was there was a thing. I'm gonna. Go, I'll I'll get back
2: to him in a bit. Thanks. Thank thank you for the information. All right. So the four paladins get on their horses and start riding along the highway in the direction you need to go. So they're going up ahead of you.
4: Yeah, I can't do it. I, I can't. I can't. I can't do anything with them. But it just Roland just sort of checks to see if there's any sort of markings on the carriage to indicate any like any family seals or any markings that would indicate who it might have belonged to in some capacity.
2: Um, you look over the carriage. Give me an investigation roll, real quick. Sixteen. Very good. This seems like it was a a businessman who was making a kind of. S- City to city run for some boring financial business, and they just uh, drove him off the road with their horses and then killed him and his guard, drained their blood, and took their money.
4: Yeah, Roland just sort of says they have a little bit of head start, I don't mind chasing them down. Hmm. And then Roland just sort of runs off ahead of Veltari on Trinity after the four.
2: Oh, sorry, are you going to try to catch up? Oh, yeah. Oh, that's an animal handling role.
1: Seeing Roland try and race off, I want to try and keep up on my manticore. So I'm now chasing after Roland, chasing after the rest of them.
2: All right. So animal handling and I'm going to make animal handling for the, the paladins to see how far they go. 11. 12. 8. So 11 and 12 are both better than 8. So you guys are going to catch up.
1: I am glad that we all still know what numbers are bigger than other numbers.
2: (laughs) It has become a problem recently.
4: I I don't know. I I know that eight is bigger than 17, but is it bigger
2: (laughs) than 12? Depends on the context. That's Um, true. So while you two race after the Paladins on the highway, let's cut over to Tarsus, in fact, where Carrie King, the bartender, uh, knocks on the door to... Claire Elise LeGrand's office and says, "Uh, hey, boss, uh, I've checked into the whole tree exploding out of the Hawthorne house thing that you wanted to know about. And it seems like uh, they're having some kind of weird magical experiments with the squid guy. It's nothing you need to worry about.
0: Yes, Carrie, coming in clutch.
2: (laughs) You did send her a message last episode.
0: Huh.
3: Really sounds like a Zoe thing, but meh. And I assume she like, turns her chair back around and goes back to like twiddling her thumbs or whatever Claire does <laughs> the 98% of the day.
2: <laughs> Trying to look busy. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so Chris, you are now playing Claire Elise LeGrand. How is it? You have a level 10 sorcerer character sheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I
3: have a level 10 sorcerer who doesn't have uh, wild magic.
2: How is it? Is it freeing or is it like... It,
3: it, it's something where I look at it and I'm like, I if, if I cast this spell... It, it just gets cast. <laughs> like there's there's nothing weird that could interfere or or cause chaos or anything like that. It just happens, and that's uncomfortable to me. I, I might have Claire just, like, explode things randomly when she casts spells so I can get that cool approximation, basically.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, So Carrie, who is currently acting kind of as a saboteur for Adora, tries to keep you from worrying about what's going on at Hawthorne House, but sometime later robin rock bursts in carrying his unconscious wife uh wolf's gonna stay outside because he is very large and he's self-conscious about knocking things over but the the rocks rush in
3: i would like to set the scene for claire that she is in her chair and she's doing that thing where like you you brace your feet against the desk and then just kick off it and try to spin around as much as you can off of one kick. <laughs> uh, that's, that's how she's spending her time when they come in. So you make yourself
2: dizzy for your business yeah. meeting, <laughs> but Robin Rock bursts in and he says, oh, Claire, uh, your sister or uh, Zoe, uh, cousin. I don't twin. What, what what's happening. What's what's up? Ap-
3: everything here is confusing to me.
2: <laughs> Do you, are you here for a polymorph? I'm, no, I'm me now. Zoe gave me a mask that lets me be myself for as long as I wear it.
3: And of course, Zoe had to do something better.
2: Yeah, she was really nice. And then she, like, sacrificed herself uh, <gasps> to help. What? Well, she's not dead. Sorry, that came out dramatic.
3: <laughs> well, no, it's like a, like uh, the kick up onto the desk. And she's like, Zoe's trying to sacrifice herself and I'm not there. <laughs> she's trying to steal all the cool points.
2: Yeah. <laughs> She was very cool and dramatic and heroic. I, I, it was good. I liked it. Uh, but Theodora has her held captive. And all the skeletons and the squid. its Everything's gone sideways oh hells yeah it's go time and like you see
3: claire's like going to essentially she's gonna run over to where she has the the shield that uh, zoe gave her from roland mm-hmm. and she's gonna grab that and essentially she's like darting out the door
2: already <laughs> 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 so wait is, is claire trying to run off by herself to save zoe is this is going to be part two of the solo rescue mish
3: it's you saw what happened when one character did it, and then you went to the person who is essentially in almost every single way her clone, and you expected a different result. I don't
4: know. I mean, I, I guess the other point is that not only is she the clone, she views practically everything Zoe does as an attempt to outdo her in every way. So
0: <laughs> Oh no, Claire.
2: So Claire runs out of her office with the shield is like ready to do gung-ho cool savior stuff at which point winifred also floats into Tarsus because he got a message from zoe uh saying that he should go to claire's for a while and uh you see winifred float in claire and he looks very sad he has a, a big expressive mouth as we've established and big googly <laughs> eyes that are very sad and he he sees you rushing forward with the the shield
3: well it's hard. Because of his big googly eyes and his big silly grin, it's hard to really, like, ignore him even when all the cool points are at threat of being taken. Mm -hmm. So Claire will kind of, like, stop on the, like, skid on the side of her feet to break Mm -hmm. and just uh, stop next to Winterfrey and be like, Hey, what's up? I don't normally see you here. You don't seem like the kind to need, like, drinks or deal with evil people.
2: No, I don't think I can metabolize alcohol. I just eat vibes. Anyway, that's neither here nor here there. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm sad. (laughs) Why are you sad? (laughs) I think Zoe's in trouble. She said she's not gonna be back and I don't know what to do and everybody left.
3: Yeah, I heard she's in trouble, so I'm going to go save her right now. I'll be right back. Well,
2: (laughs) that's what she said, and then she rushed off, and now she's never coming back. Can people just stop and think for a second and not do that?
3: Uh, I mean, thinking's not really my strong suit, per se.
2: Uh, From behind you at the bar, Carrie says, Yeah, I don't think you should rush in either. We should think about this for a long time. (laughs) Huh. We should have multiple meetings, and then we should vote.
3: It's not really... Mm, it's not the... not really cool.
2: Robin says, Claudia can fight. She just needs some medical attention.
3: Oh, but What if she's, you know... She needs us now. Or, you know... She does all the cool stuff before we get there.
2: <laughs> Robin says, I mean, she might do really cool stuff while we're gone, but... Dora said she's not going to hurt her because that would erase all of her leverage, so I don't think we actually have that much of a time limit.
3: <sighs> it's like Claire's going to like essentially do like the come-along motion to Winnie <laughs> and uh, Robin and go back up to her office.
2: <laughs> Carrie yells after you, maybe she'll give Zoe back if we just destroy the tower. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Carrie's like, damn, I really have to be more subtle. <laughs> this is not... <laughs>
4: This isn't working for some reason.
2: Uh, So you go back into your office with uh, the rocks and Winifred?
4: Yeah. I suspect like sometime later on, Carrie brings up like a tray with some drinks and they're arranged inconspicuously with a phrase, I really think destroying the tower is in our best interest. Don't ask me how I got a tray this large, but it's really impressive, don't you think? Anyway, yeah, the tower. We should get rid of that, right?
3: Hey, guys, you know what my favorite Batman story is? The one where Bane breaks his spine, you know, <laughs> where the spine gets broken and destroyed.
2: Uh, so you are brought up to speed, Claire. Everything that Chris knows, now Claire knows. So what do you want to do? You're leading your troops. You are you have a lot of responsibility and power right now.
3: She's, uh, once again, I think, like, even as the serious, like, conversation is happening, I imagine still, like, kind of at least, like, doing, like, the half spin in the chair, like, from left to right. Uh, As she's trying to process it, and she's like, "Okay, so why don't we find the the old guy, Roland, and have him come up with a plan? Isn't that like what he does?"
2: <laughs> Winifred says, "Oh, Roland and Beltari said goodbye, and then they went to you know carry their guilt with them so they could walk out, which is like leaving without leaving. It's a whole theological thing, and people can argue about it in the comments." <laughs>
4: <laughs> Winnie looks at the screen. Listen,
2: you can understand the plot without understanding the philosophy, it's fine. Wait, so Roland's not here? No, Roland and Valtari left, or they're, they're in the process of leaving, but I don't, they're not going to be able to help us.
3: Ah! J- popsicles.
2: <laughs> Finally, someone who doesn't swear. Yeah. Popsicles, for sure. Popsicles
3: are great, but what isn't great is how are we going to come up with a plan if the plan people aren't
2: here? Maybe we'll have to become the plan, people? Uh...
0: (laughs) 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 The plans were inside of you all along.
2: (laughs) Carrie brings you guys sandwiches, and she once again just says, like, I have a plan, if you guys want to hear it.
3: Is there mayonnaise on this sandwich?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I thought you were going to ask (laughs) if there was mayonnaise on the plan for some reason. (laughs) Do you want mayonnaise? I can get you mayonnaise, boss. No, I don't want
3: mayonnaise. I can't stand it for some reason. I think an unconscious link between me and my sister.
2: <laughs> it's mayonnaise free.
3: Okay, cool.
2: I might be a fiend, but I'm not that evil.
3: True. Uh, hey, so what was your plan?
2: Um, So none of us here really love Warden Light, right? Like we think he's like self-righteous at best, kind of a dick at worst, right?
3: I mean, I'm trying to think, does Claire ever actually met Warden
2: Light? Claire split off. From Zoe before Zoe met Light, so she's probably only heard of her, heard of him through reputation. Uh,
3: I guess she would be primarily influenced by what, like, the Rocks and Winnie react to that as, then. Not to throw it back into the DM, but I, I guess Claire doesn't really have a frame of reference.
2: People in this room right now don't have big problems with Light, but they're not also, like, his biggest fans. So I think it could go either way. Okay. And Carrie kind of is preying on that, and she says... He's an angel, right? If we knock his house over, he's not going to die. He'll fly out. He'll be mad, but then he can leave, and then Dora can give Zoe back, and then Dora can put up her new barrier, and everyone can be friends and be happy. Sounds pretty good. Like, (laughs) seems like a pretty good silver lining. Nobody dies. Like, Warden Light's going to be a little peeved, and his real estate value is going to be shot, but yeah, he'll get over it.
3: Yeah, but Zoe wanted to keep the barrier up. I feel like I'd be kind of doing the wrong thing if I don't
2: try to keep the barrier up. I don't think she particularly wants to be a prisoner, either.
3: I don't know. It's probably pretty cool, like, being a prisoner and stuff, so she might be all about it. (laughs) She gets to do all the cool things.
2: Uh, Carrie is frustrated, and she takes the tray, and she leaves. I
3: didn't even have a sandwich!
2: Nope, sorry. Actually, the bread's bad. Let me take that back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Claudia stirs a little bit, and she kind of, uh, She's not fighting fit or anything, but she regains consciousness long enough to, like, look around. And she's kind of uh, leaning on Robin's shoulder and says, hey, hey, guys.
3: Oh, hey, you're up. How's it going? My face hurts so bad. That's awful. Do you have a plan?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what happened? Last thing I remember, the squid was trying to eat my brains and then my nose hurts.
3: Well, the story I've gotten from your husband is that Zoe tried to save you. Uh, She got really close, but then didn't. And then you were essentially exchanged as a hostage. But Dora's keeping Zoe to make sure no one goes and messes with them again.
2: Oh, grape nuts. She, She immediately starts rooting around in her bag for a cigarette. And she's like, all right, Zoe's done more for us than anyone else in this entire bubble for the entire time we've been here. And frankly, probably more for me than anyone but Robin. So, um definitely going to we got we got to save her, right? And Chick lights up a cigarette. Yeah. I just does anybody have healing magic? My my whole nasal situation is just real bonkers right now. <laughs>
3: um I don't believe I do. Uh,
2: all right, she says I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to go start drinking. You guys can continue this without me. But my vote is we kill Dora and get Zoe out. Also, I don't know if anybody Needs this clarify, but we're not together anymore. <laughs> like, we probably should have told this to her face while we were at her house, but she looks at Robin's like, we're dumping her, right? She's dumped. Yes. And Robin like nods. <laughs> we'll tell the next time
4: we see her. This really doesn't need to be this complicated. I thought it was obvious the first time, but I, I guess it needed to really be clear for some reason
3: sometimes people need it stated even though uh dora threw an unconscious Cla- <laughs> uh, claudia into a box some mm-hmm. people are still like maybe they're still together like it's just like you change the facebook relationship to complicated for a little bit
2: uh, as claudia goes and gets the drinks robin says well if you think about it theodora is kind of like in a r- abusive relationship with that Gonador guy like he gives her powers and stuff, but I feel like there's not a lot of reciprocity in their relationship. It feels like she does what he wants and he threatens her and her friends. And I don't know, man, I've I've never been there, but it's a pretty bad scene. I kind of feel bad for her.
3: I mean, I've only met her a couple of times. She seems like she was kind of cool. Like she has like cool, spooky sense of style, which is always dope, but. I mean, she's holding my sister hostage, right? Like,
2: yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. She, she's like, th- she's good somewhere, but I feel like she's been hurt and lonely for so long that it does something to your brain where you like self sabotage even when you have good things and you keep going back to your abuser. I mean, I- I'm a chemistry major, maybe a social science. Is there a social scientist in the house? <laughs> Anybody? Any got any liberal arts homies? No. Okay. Well, I'm just. That's my read on the situation. I don't know if she's evil. I just think she's gotten herself in too deep with like a fucked up dude.
3: Well, I'd feel more bad for her if she didn't have, from what you explained, as a pretty crazy powerful
2: staff and uh, the support of a skeleton army. Yeah. And the Mind Flare. They're very powerful, but we outnumber her, except for the skeleton. We outnumber her in the in the Squid Man. The skeletons are kind of negligible, they're kind of cannon fodder, but that staff and that squid are so powerful. It's gonna it's gonna be rough, but I mean he broke my wife's nose, so I'm going to kill that squid. Like I hope everyone in this room is just comfortable with the fact I'm going to kill that squid. That's happening.
3: I didn't even know there was a squid man in this
2: town, so I mean <laughs> you can, you can do as you want. Okay. You're the leader of this gang of like dangerous people. You're I feel like they're failing you on the Intel front, Claire. Not to tell you your biz.
3: Uh well, the only biz that I really care about is P Biz, and <laughs> she only really cares about what items are in her store at that moment.
2: Capitalism. It's fucked up.
4: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> or like Crapitalism, am I right? <laughs>
1: Got him. <Yay! 'em.
2: laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs>
2: So to tie up this scene, does Claire have anything she wants to do or start doing? Because you... Claire is going to say, like, she's
3: going to essentially start, like, doing, like, a James Goldblum. Like, she's trying to, like, recite the facts out loud to herself. Mm -hmm. Like, it sounds like she's trying to connect the dots, but she's usually just trying to state them out loud in order to, like, get something going. Mm -hmm. And I think the end point she's going to kind of reach is that she needs to talk to somebody smart about this (laughs) (laughs) and the only smart people she knows left really in town are from what she hears warden light and uh probably sylvia so
2: she's probably gonna go to see warden light that will be interesting because i don't think he is going to even entertain the notion of blowing up his own house (laughs) i think i think that might be off the table if you choose that so that is an interesting choice hmm (laughs) so with that let's cut over to Theodora the skeletons are fixing your house your prisoner is locked down is there anything you're doing right now because time is running short your enemies are marshalling against you your reputation is failing consequences are coming what are you up to
0: um I think I'm putting plan in this grace's help in action
2: oh so you're gonna send the spooky signal Uh uh-huh Oh my gosh! All right, so we're moving towards it. This is yeah. I think some people were worried, like, oh, it's gonna be another three episodes of them talking about their feelings.
0: <laughs> there is no time to waste. All
2: right, so what's what's your big spooky gesture that will get Grace to turn off the chains?
0: That's a good question.
4: Play music from the the genocide run of Undertale. Wait, no.
0: Yeah, Megalovania starts playing.
3: Well, a giant tree just exploded out of the Hawthorne house. Obviously, that has to be the si- the signal, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you guys talked, she asked what kind of signal you're going to send, and I was trying to get something specific out of you, but all you said was something spooky, so tree is not spooky <laughs> enough. But a, but a burning
4: tree is spooky.
3: What's spookier than a spooky house? A spooky, burnt-out, like, abandoned house.
4: TP your own tree. That's what you gotta do.
0: I, I'll just see you sending.
4: <laughs> that is absolutely a shortcut. Yep,
2: you have a spell that lets you send a message to anyone you know in the universe.
0: And I'll just take another hour break before I go down there.
2: <laughs> okay, so what do you send to Grace?
0: I'm going to say I'll be there in like about an hour. So, do your shit. Grace says,
2: <laughs> "Why do you always got to use bad words? <laughs> what is with you? Are you okay?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why does everybody hate my bad language?
2: It's <laughs> just really excessive. Anyway, um, all right, I'll start the ta- I'll start on the mashed potatoes. Nice. So you have an hour.
0: So I'm going to um, uh, ask Azriel if he knows anything about like the strength or thickness of the spine to see like <laughs> the thickness. <laughs>
2: you can't be like this.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Why are you like this? Not JPEG. <laughs>
0: This is how I've always been, you know.
2: So if you come to, walk up to Azrael and you say, all right, I'm about to make my move. Do you have any, like, advice for me? Azrael says, I have never seen the spine myself, but it is an amalgamation of powers of good gods who attempt to thwart us, you will call upon all that you and Gonodor have. You must not hold anything back, and you must strike with all your power. Uh, I would consult him now, <laughs> if possible. That is my... Advice to you. I am not doing this, remember, because I have any particular affinity for you, or even Gonador. He is just very powerful, and he is here, and it is in my best interest to help you. (laughs) But at, at the end of the day, this is between you two. Yes?
0: Well, yeah, but I'd like to think we're friends now. You know? Me and you? I have not
2: considered it. Let me say this. You and I have gone too far to go back now. Yeah. If we succeed gonadour will reward us bless us protect us and it will be worth it if not we will die and i will blame you so one of those routes is very similar to friendship the other is not so i would just say please succeed and i will be your friend yes wonderful
0: so i get my book and be like dear ganny what that's spine do
2: all right so where are you when you do this are you i i my brain immediately went to like alice's study yeah so you sit down you open the book and you write dear gandy what that spine do (laughs) (laughs) Uh, and you you sit in quiet contemplation for a second and instead of hearing gondor's voice answer you as it usually does you see those optic nerves begin to crawl out of the pages of the book.
0: Nice.
2: (laughs) So you just see that and you say nice? Yeah. (laughs) I love Dora. Dora's very good. I think a lot of people have slept on Dora, but she's very good as a character. Thank you. (laughs) So you say nice as you watch a bunch of optic nerves kind of scramble and pull themselves out. And eventually, bit by bit, a writhing mass of gross, meaty, material has emerged from your book and it takes a more solid form as it kind of polymorphs almost into a humanoid shape, which little by little reveals itself to be a simulacrum of Lady Nim, Although her skin is absolutely covered with eyes, total body horror situation. I am specifically drawing on Uh, Some illustrations I saw by amazing artist, Aline. Oh, yeah. If it was anybody else, you would see this and just start screaming. She's like her her green veins beneath the skin and she's like leaking ichor from all of her eyes. It's a bad, bad scene. But Gonador manifests in the room with you as Lady Nim, Uh, but it it is Gonador. That's just how he chooses to look right now. There's very little of Nim left inside of him at all. Oh, hey. (laughs) Hello, Dora.
0: So never seen this is new. I'm digging it, but I'm this is new.
2: It takes quite a lot of energy to manifest my full glory on this plane, but I thought this was important enough to warrant my presence.
0: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I've been working very hard.
2: I see, and I appreciate that. I don't tell you often enough that I appreciate all the work you do.
0: Thank you, Ganny.
2: <laughs> now, I take it your plan is to use the angel half-breed to sneak in and destroy the spine right under the angel's nose?
0: It seems like the best option.
2: And what do you expect in return for this service?
0: Well, I was going to ask you for a new barrier, but Asriel's kind of on that. Um, Maybe make it... I would like power. I want it to be so that when it's done, I don't get murdered immediately.
2: (laughs) That will be a prime concern. Now, not only will the angel be out for your blood, but many of your former friends as well. Are you familiar with the concept of avatars?
0: No, explain.
2: (laughs) A god can manifest on the material plane Through miracles, through signs, through intermediaries. Many different gods have different forms. Sometimes they have angels, messengers, spirits, muses, prophets. They can, however, affect their most direct influence by appointing an avatar to represent their interests. You may be familiar with some of the more famous examples throughout history, but I have never. Myself, taken an avatar to work my deeds across the earth. Oh, would you be interested in becoming the avatar of abominations, Theodora?
0: You, you, you choose me.
2: Who else has worked as hard as you have for my ends and my goals? You're practically employee of the month.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let me tell you something, Theodora. I have not had many people, many gods, many anything throughout my existence that I could consider a friend. I wasn't always the god of abominations. I once ruled other realms. I held many different positions. And every time I came close to something that could be considered satisfaction, I had it torn away from me. We have a kindred bond in the way in which Our trusting people always leads us to disappointment and loneliness.
0: No, you're very right. I mean, you're always watching. You saw how the rocks turned on me just like that.
2: It is very easy to pledge loyalty and fealty and so much easier to turn around and betray that. I have experienced it a hundred million times over. And let me tell you, there is no greater revenge then becoming an immortal, omnipotent force of death and destruction. It's very good. You should try it sometime.
0: That does sound great.
2: Yeah. And I'm offering you the chance.
0: I'll take it. Of course I'll take it. You didn't have to convince me.
2: I'm glad to hear it. Uh, It's good to know you could have someone to rely on. And I would hate for you to disappoint me at this late date. I don't know if I could go as far as to say it would hurt my feelings, but... I would feel something if after all of this I had to destroy you.
0: I know words are, you know, just words, but I would never, never turn my back on you, Ganny. You know that. You're everything to me.
2: Ganador just like looks at you for a second, and there's something, it's hard to read because this is an ageless god of evil and it assumes human form and uses human phrases when it benefits it, but you never get the sense that there's anything. Actually relatable there, but when you say that, it looks at you like, "Are you for real?" (laughs) There's just like a moment of doubt, and be like, "What, Theodora? Is it about you that I should trust so very much?" I have had a lot of thralls, pawns, mercenaries, and toadies over the years, and I have never thought once about discarding any of them. What is it about you that is so? let's say special
0: i have nothing else
2: that hangs in the air for a moment gonador says you may have nothing else now but when this business is finished you will never want for anything ever again
4: not even dank herb <laughs> <laughs>
2: i have no i have the hookup i am gonador i can get you i can get you some sticky icky uh <laughs> Gonador um reaches over into your bag that you have in the in the study uh-huh. uh, Adora cuz he watches you he knows where everything is and he pulls out your your needles your big like knitting needles that you've never used in combat so far but you have frequently referenced the fact that you you know sew and knit and make crafts and stuff and he holds them in his hand and they begin to glow with like a dark light like almost like a black flame kind of envelops them and then slowly subsides until they look normal again and then gondor hands them to you and says i will be with you when you enter the tower and when you pierce the spine i will be with you and when it collapses around you i will be with you and then when you walk out reborn an avatar of a god i will be with you." Until the end of the earth, until the end of all time, Theodora, I will be with you.
1: Can I just say there's some beautiful wedding vows there, dark evil God. <laughs> uh,
2: you may now kiss the eyeball-filled abomination.
0: Uh Dora's just gonna hug him to her chest and nod.
2: Uh Gonador stands up, was like, and leaving like eye slime <laughs> everywhere she touches the body of Nim. Um and just puts a hand back on your book and untangles the the fleshy abomination that it was and be- re becomes kind of meat and optic nerves and like slides back into the book in just a writhing mass of like just disgusting, fleshy, wriggling stuff. And it's a bad sight, <laughs> but Gonador pieces out and is back inside wherever it hangs out. Nice. <laughs> Theodora just meets a god, is promised power beyond measure, and the only thing she has to say is, nice?
0: Uh, no, uh, she's gonna walk out, um, and be like, Azriel, look, I have magic needles.
2: (laughs) Yes, Theodora, you have many magics, I am very impressed, good job.
0: Thank you, I'm gonna go do stuff now.
2: Uh, okay. I will continue overseeing the repairs to the house and keeping your prisoner from escaping.
0: I appreciate that. Uh, hopefully I'll be back soon with unlimited power.
2: (laughs) Well, okay. That is a strange thing to say, but you say strange things all the time. All right.
0: Okay. Bye.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So you're just walking out of your house and just walking straight towards the tower alone?
0: I think alone is the best bet.
2: You're never alone. To be fair,
0: yeah. Now, am I supposed to stab the spine with the needles?
2: That—that <laughs> that was the implication. Yes.
0: Okay, that's what I thought. I just wanted to
4: make sure. Don't, don't, don't stab your own spine with the needles. That would be bad.
0: God, I would be so mad. He'd be like, "You knew what I meant."
4: <laughs> yeah, you
2: couldn't destroy the spine just with magic or with your fists or with like a hammer or something. It is protected by the wards of gods, so you would need something from a god. That's a recurring motif, huh? Yeah. The dragon bone staff uh, has that kind of power. The, the snowflake has that kind of power. And now Gonador has given you.
1: Now that you have the Gonador item, you really don't also need the, the <laughs> staff, do you? And I really had my eyes on it for a while. <laughs> so All
0: right, come back in and get it.
1: <laughs> if, you, if you'll give it to me, I'll turn around come get it and leave again. Maybe once the barrier's down.
2: Oh, that's confidence.
1: I'm, I'm going to save that clip for uh, next time <laughs> I interact with you. The word maybe is key there. <laughs> I, I, can edit, I can edit out the maybe in post.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Veltari and Roland, you guys are catching up to the four paladins. They're riding ahead of you. You guys are nearing... Agarthan and also the sun is setting so those are two things to keep in mind you can overtake them now if you choose to wait you risk them getting to the city ahead of you and disappearing in the streets but right now you have them on the highway and also the sun is setting in their vampires so those are the important
4: factors right now (laughs) roland has um has hand axes and spears on trinity Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Valtari is literally just following Roland like, I have no idea what we're doing, but I'm not letting you do whatever it is alone.
4: Um, I'm trying to think which one would be cooler for you, Austin. Throwing like <laughs> an axe slash spear at one of them or pulling one of them off a horse with a whip.
2: They're both pretty cool. As long as you hit. If you miss it, it'll be decidedly less cool.
1: <laughs> the whip definitely feels more decidedly Roland. Mm-hmm.
4: Okay, We'll we'll go with the whip. I have a decent chance of hitting, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, as he as Roland approaches the horseman, the paladins on the turned paladins on horse, he will just give it a bit of a grin, reach down and pull up the whip that he actually used in the first fight we had in this season, and just simply say to himself, it's all right, time to whip this party into shape." All right, and. <laughs> Makes an attack against the the closest horseman you can take down. Ah, oh, shit. Well, it's a thirteen on the attack roll. Misses probably.
2: Correct. They are wearing uh, paladin armor, so you whip them, and it does not hurt the guy. Mm. Uh so we should roll initiative. All right. Vampires roll nine. Uh Roland rolls a ten.
1: I roll twenty. Crit. Okay, I crit on my initiative, so twenty-two.
2: Alright, Laura, it's your turn, uh, as Valtari sees Roland whipping at the paladins, and the Manticore can leap into battle.
1: I am gonna do my favorite way to start off any kind of battle.
2: Oh, yikes.
1: Hypnotic pattern! Let me
2: double-check the stats. Oh, They're not particularly wise. Mm-hmm. Again, 16. So you throw up a hypnotic pattern in in front of the four riders, they all look up at it. I think including the horses, frankly. Because <laughs> they are sentient creatures that are you know, have sight and minds. So they all fail, and then they're all looking up at it, and the horses just kind of trot to a standstill to look up at the pattern. So right now all the four riders have stopped and them and their horses are looking up at your pattern.
4: Roland's kind of pissed off because, you know, these sons of bitches, you know, attacked someone. Wasn't even doing anything, so out comes the longsword. Bonus action to turn it into a sacred weapon, which causes it to gleam with light. He he attacks the closest vampire on a horseback. Twenty-five to the first attack. Yep, that hits. He will expand the level one spell to smite, so it does an extra three d eight damage <laughs> uh, because he's an undead creature there. So twenty-five damage. Then he's gonna attack it again because he gets two attacks. Twenty-eight. Yeah, that hits. And why not smite him a second time? Twenty-one, so that's a total of 46 damage against the nearest paladin horseback.
2: All right, so you take your blade, shining with holy light, and you just run up on the first paladin, who's staring up at the pattern, and you just ram your entire sword through his chest, (laughs) and he looks at you, and now it is the vampire's turn— that's a lot of damage. 46. Uh, so the vampire should heal uh, from damage because that's what vampires do. But you used a radiant attack, so it doesn't. <laughs> and so this is actually a very bad situation for this paladin who reaches back and picks up his big, broad order of the merciful sword blade and attacks you with it. 24 and 24.
4: Wow. Uh, They both hit. All right. I'm rolling both at the same time. Uh, 28 damage. All right, so that, that stops me down to 81. <laughs>
2: You're so beefy. Yeah, so the first one gives you a very good slash, and now I'm going to roll another wisdom save to see if the other three are still in their reverie. Uh, Yep, they save. So the other three are no longer charmed by your pattern, Veltari, but Veltari, it's your turn. There's three fresh paladins who are unharmed, and there's one who has a sword through his chest. He looks very bad and about to die.
1: I want to use my manticore to attack, uh, one of the ones who's not yet been injured. Fourteen.
2: Uh, fourteen does not hit.
1: Okay. Well, then.
2: (laughs) Well, you are a murder bard. You can attack twice per turn.
1: And I'm going to go in for a second attack once again with the manticore. Thirteen, so that's not going
4: to hit either.
2: (laughs) Nope, so you run up on one of the paladins, and your manticore tries to gore them twice, and neither (laughs) time is effective. Roland, your turn.
4: Attacking the uh, paladin, I've already gotten better with the sword there, so...
2: He's very sad.
4: (laughs) 16 probably does not hit him. It does. Oh, it does hit him. Mm Mm-hmm. We're quickly
2: narrowing the window of what their AC is. We've rolled 13, 14, and 16.
4: (laughs) Their AC is 7, right?
2: Yeah, that's it. That's, That's what I call Chris math.
3: It's, uh,
4: not higher than 12, though, so be careful of that. <laughs> Only six damage on that attack, on that first attack.
2: Okay, so actually, that is enough to kill him. Um, so I think just you pulling your sword out finishes whatever was going on inside this paladin's body that was keeping him mobile. He should be able to heal, but your radiant sword prevents that, so you- with As you pull your sword out, just all of his organs just fall out of his body, and he falls dead off the horse. Okay and <laughs> one paladin down they're already dead so you can't really do non-lethal damage
4: <laughs> yeah roland uh shifts enough to attack the second one. Oh wow that's a miss there 14 correct uh yeah that should be it all right so three
2: vampires are all going to attack roland because he is doing some serious work 14 and 22 only one of them hit uh 18 damage okay
4: all right here comes the second paladin's going to attack 21 and 19. Both of those hit. You're just rolling particularly well, by the way. Yeah. Because with their bonus, with their with their attack bonus, they have to roll a 13 or better to even hit. All right, 29 damage. Okay, so that brought him down to 34.
2: And here is the last paladin. 13 and crit.
4: Okay, the crit hits, obviously.
2: Uh, Looks like you take, did I click that? Yeah, you take 19 damage.
4: Okay, so he's down to 15 hit points.
2: Yeah, so all three of them gang up on you and start taking huge monster swings with their broadswords. And Vel'tari, your turn. One down,
4: three strong.
1: Okay, I'm gonna go for one of the three strong, a uh, strong,
4: still alive boys. Might, might I interject something here?
1: Yeah, go ahead.
4: Uh, magic would be probably more useful <laughs> because her AC is really high.
1: Well, yeah, but also I want to once hit someone with one of my like. Valabard abilities.
4: I want to give it a go. <laughs> I, I I know, but your magic is so much more powerful against them. Well,
1: you you can't dictate how I fight. Let me <laughs> let me kill something with forgiveness, and I run at one of them with the forgiveness sword. Uh nine. <laughs> nope, <laughs> that does not hit. Uh, second attack roll, thirteen, and now I realize like. Probably should have used the magic, shouldn't I? Mm. <laughs> okay, okay. Next
2: turn. Next turn, Roland, I'll use magic. All right, Valtari, uh, <laughs> they parry your blows, and Roland, it's your turn.
4: I have to expend my lay on hands to give myself 50 hit points, so I'm up to 55. That takes my action. Roland's going to cast Divine Favor on himself with this bonus action, which will meet, which will allow his weapon attacks to deal an extra D4 damage on a hit.
2: All right, so they see you summoning holy magic. It wreaths around you. Your wounds start closing. You, your sword is, like, still glowing with huge magic. And they saw their friend just get basically hollowed out. <laughs> it was very bad. And they say, why are you attacking us? We have First of all, we have you surrounded, so drop your weapon, knight. Second of all, what the f-
4: actual hell? Why did you kill the people in that wagon back there, in that carriage back there? they
2: tried to run the toll road this is our turf we decide who comes and goes if they don't pay the toll
4: they can't go you wield those swords but your wielding of them is a lie it's a farce
2: a job's a job what are you even talking about i thought you said you worked for donto one of them says to you Veltari. Ah, uh, i work for donto
1: this is uh today's been a weird day <laughs> Yeah, the more I think about this, Roland, the more I'm thinking I don't know why we did what we just did.
4: Uh, (laughs) (laughs) is the Why are the Merciful Swords working for Lord Danto?
2: Those decisions are above my pay grade. Galen tells me where to guard the road. I
4: guard the road. Does Galen tell you to kill people who've done nothing other than not pay a toll? Listen, we gotta eat. Roland is sort of like... Sucks in the breath and spits out a bit of blood to the side and just sort of stares, daggers at the the other three.
2: All right, so one of the vampires is going to attack Roland. Uh, 22 and 25. Holy shit, how am I rolling so well?
4: This We got to restart this thing so you stop rolling bullshit dice here, Austin. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is f- just flabbergasting. Valtari
4: Matt. has a better attack bonus than you and is attacking a lower armor class than you, <laughs> and you've hit almost every single and roll, and she has yet to hit yeah. once.
2: It, yeah, listen, we all can see the math here. It is wild. Uh, that's 41 damage.
4: He's not dead yet.
2: Yeah, he slams his sword through your shoulder, like into the, cuts into the armor, blood goes squirting out. It's a very bad hit. At this point, I want to step in front of Roland and just go,
1: are any of you aware of a tiefling that used to work for Danto that... Uh, killed a lot of people when you know they didn't obey Danto and got a lot
2: of things done that needed doing one of the paladins who isn't currently perforating roland says man we joined a couple weeks ago we don't know any of what the hell you're talking about this is just free gold and free blood free mortality this job rules and you just killed my best friend what are you even blabbering about all right so another one of the paladins is going to attack roland uh 10 and 19
4: 19 hits. All right. Yeah, it knocks him to zero.
2: All right, so if one of them puts a sword through your shoulder and another runs up and hits you with the hilt of the sword in the back of the head, uh, non-lethal damage, because they want to take you to Galen. And that's what the other one says as he turns on Veltari and says, so you want to come with us in pieces too, or?
1: Uh, I cannot remember. Uh, has Velta- have Veltari and Galen interacted in the past before ilium uh
2: you've never met galen kaydun
1: is is galen likely to be aware of who veltari is
2: i would say there's a pretty good chance galen is the leader of danto's personal guard so the chances that he has mentioned just maybe offhandedly that there's a tiefling on a mission for him are reasonable
1: okay i'm i'm not gonna fight i'm gonna be like look let let me heal my my friend up enough that he's stable i'm happy to come with you go talk to galen okay
2: Well, so you just killed my best friend, like I said, so your choices are I cut off your hands and legs and we drag your whatever's left with us, or you throw down your weapons and we tie you up. That's their two choices.
1: I don't know, there's either that or uh, I use that hypnotic pattern that worked well on you before and slit all your throats in a second, which I probably should have done sooner, but you know, that's always an option.
2: (laughs) If you you want to roll that dice, lady. You want me to roll that
1: dice, I'll roll that dice, or I could just come with you, you know, with my friend nice and stable.
2: God, you are playing such a dangerous game, Laura. Um, alright, so you can roll Intimidation, if you want to try to force that issue.
1: Okay, let's try it. 19.
2: Uh, the first paladin says, whatever, get off the ghost, throw down your weapons, we'll tie your friend up, we'll take his weapons, and if you want to keep him from bleeding all over the place, be our guest. It doesn't matter, Galen's gonna take all your blood anyway.
1: I'll get rid of the ghost, but I'm not handing down my
2: weapons. Oh my goodness gracious! None of,
1: none of you have—I haven't—I haven't laid a finger on you
2: with my weapons yet. You tried. It's not our fault. You're bad. They're stepping forward. They're brandishing their swords. They're going to start attacking you in a second. Hey,
1: hey, 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 hey! Give me a second here. Do you really? Th- do you really think someone that strolls in on a magic ghost manticore is like that bad at wielding a sword? I had to deal with him. Like he's—I didn't want to get into a fight with the paladin. It's unfortunate that he's killed your friend, but. Do you really think I'm that shit with a sword? You're really you're really willing to die to hold on to that sword, lady? <laughs> uh, if you knew what I went through to get this sword, then uh you you'd understand why. Uh,
2: well, on the off chance you you do work for Danto, I guess. We're still gonna we're still gonna tie you up, you know that, right?
1: Uh you can tie me up. It's up to you to decide whether you reckon that will keep me held or not. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> they look at each other just like this lady is out of her mind um so they're gonna take roland's unconscious body and you and then they're gonna let you keep your sword sheath, but they're gonna tie your hands and legs and throw you over the back of their horses one takes veltari one takes roland and one takes their what's left of their friend and they're gonna head off towards agarthen to galen K. dune leader of the order of the merciful sword As always, I'd like to thank Overclocked Remix for our theme music, including Vampire Spanker, an arrangement of Vampire Killer from Castlevania, and Destiny Forgotten, an arrangement of Simple and Clean from Kingdom Hearts. Executive Producers for the month of October 2017 are Kerstine Haslinger, Jade, Exstellaris, Joseph Timbrello, The Cult of Gorfanax, Dr. Goatman, Irving Royale, Ken Fersel, Andrew Grothin, Paul Mullen, Levi the Young, Luke Powers, Michael Goodell, Brent, Kevin Dobbins, Anthony Sauvier, Rip Van Winkle, George Soros, Arjun de Koning, Grimlock, John Potts, Dawson Parr, Noah Sudret, Ziphasurus, Elderly Goose, Salad Child, Seraph Stone, Thorsten Gross, Devin Smith, Castor UK, Aki Savalainen, The Paladin's Wife, Florian H., Charm Wilkie, Komano, The Komenu, Rebecca James, Dominic Bowden, Melissa Nielsen, Don, Eugene T., Connor Reynolds, Pruitt Holcomb, Artemis BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Bristol, Francois V., Shyness, Dennis Pancake Detlefson, Ripter Stormwolf, Miko from Finland, Dennis Bankston, Josh Mosier, Indigo Van Dane, Allison Ansel, Sydney Marzing, Just a Jester, Savardin Akrasimova, Brady Warner, Kitty Fo, James Neely, Marissa Donaldson, Melanie Joe, Lana Seawolf, Ruby Offer, Matthew Weber, Sarah Hanley, Melissa Booker, Cameron Abbas, Dylan, Gary Sayon, Anna Stuhlfarer, Sean, the host of Funk Dunk Plays, Giorgio Renna, Harrison Andrew, Kevin Seidlow, Christopher Sharlow, Jorit, Vigar Arnston, Cody Jackson, August Rue, Athos, and Ingmar Gremmen. You can join this list by supporting the show at patreon.com slash You can also find Chris at patreon.com slash weekly manga recap. And you can support Laura by reading her work at kotaku.co.uk. You can support the show indirectly by finding us on places like iTunes, Podbean, and Google Play, and liking, commenting, rating, and subscribing to us. Now that you've made it to the end of these credits, congratulations, and let me let you in on a little secret. I have no idea what's going to happen. This entire campaign has gotten wildly out of control. I thought the final boss was either going to be Warden Light or Lady Nim, and they killed one and they befriended the other, Theodora's evil, everyone's unconscious or taken prisoner, it's real, it's gotten real wild. The wheels came off real fast there folks, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe someday we'll do a season about a group of heroes who fight an unambiguously evil person and then they, they save the day by punching real hard.